Good morning, everybody online. Welcome to you guys who are joining us via YouTube or gracecub.coza. So cool to have you with us. It's great to be preaching uh, to you this morning. Normally, I would greet the guys on site as well, but uh, we've begun preaching uh, live and in person. So uh, while you guys are watching this recording, the guys in the building will be laughing and hopefully we'll be able to interact a little bit as I preach this message to the guys on site. But it's great to have you with us online. I want to say that today is an exciting day. If you've watched the announcements, you would see that today is our All-Stars Kids drive-through. So it's an ice cream eating, clue finding, scavenger hunting, uh, prize winning, uh, head scratching, photograph taking special day for the children. So if you're watching this, and it's not yet 12 o'clock. Remember, we start at 11 and we finish at 12. If, it's, if you can get here before 12 o'clock, man, your kids will love you for it. We'd love to have you come and, and do a spin around the, the property and enjoy the All-Stars Kids drive-through. We look forward to seeing you there, even if you're at home right now. So I wonder if you've ever found yourself driving down the road in your car, maybe your mind's on other things, and suddenly you realized, well, hold on, oh man, I missed my turn. I should have taken the previous off-ramp or maybe a couple of off-ramps ago. Maybe you've just got onto the road and by, by habit you've turned the same kind of turns and you end up going in the wrong direction. Has that happened to you ever? Maybe you're in the shops and you're walking down an aisle and you think, uh, hold on, um, what did I come here for? Uh, or here's an experiment you can do in your car. Um, I wonder if you can find a straight road and you, you drive straight, you take your hands just a little off the wheel and you'll very quickly feel whether the car pulls to the left or the right. We know it as an alignment problem. And you may not realize that you've been exerting a force, an energy uh, into the steering wheel to keep the car going straight, but it's taken some kind of input from you. You've been pulling this way just to keep your car going straight because the car naturally wants to drift that way. Often we don't realize how much effort we've been putting into keeping our car going straight. The point that I'm trying to make this morning is that if you and I aren't very intentional in the direction and the destination that we want to go, then we often tend to drift off course. And before long, we look around and we wonder, how on earth did we get there? I wonder if you've you maybe think that way about your health or your, your fitness levels or your eating habits or the time you go to bed or how often you read your Bible or, or the amount of money you've saved or the way you work at, at your job. You, you, you blink and you suddenly realize, wow, how did I get here? Uh, if we're not intentional, we easily drift off course. And so welcome this morning to our series, episode eight, Note to Self, a series on leading yourself. So Tyron Daniel says that leadership starts with your life. If you can't lead your own life, then you can never lead others. So over the last number of weeks, we've spoken about this fact that we need to take control of our own lives and lead ourselves well. We've spoken about leading with our words, about leading our relationships, our spiritual lives, our physical health. We've spoken about leading our mental health and the subtle destroyer of complacency. Last week we spoke about leading our financial world, and so today in episode 8 we're going to be speaking about leading our budget. And I'm so excited to be talking on this topic this morning because I'm going to be really practical 
and give you some real world solutions that you can put in place so that we will win with our money. Now, I said this last week, but often the thing that freaks us out the most in a crisis is that we feel like we've lost control. I wonder if you feel that way around your money. And when I spoke last week around the heart matters on, on our financial world and how we approach our money from the heart, maybe you've got, just got numb and you've said, Craig, you know what? I lost that fight long ago. I've given up trying to control how things go and I just kind of get swept along with the flow. The Bible talks about being washed by to and fro by every wave of doctrine. In other words, just following the most recent popular train of thought. Same thing can happen with our money. We just get pushed by every demand backwards and forwards. And when we're in a crisis, we feel like we've lost control. And I wouldn't be surprised if you and I are feeling like we've lost control coming out of COVID crisis uh, this year. And so the way to cope in a crisis is to find what you can control, to control the controllables. Might not be much, but if you can just control a little, you will feel far more secure in the situation. So today, as I said, I want to help us by giving us some real practical solutions, things that you and I can do almost immediately to help us take control of our money so that we won't feel so bewildered or so uh, we feel like we've capitulated and given up running our money well and winning with money. But you and I can feel a growing sense of confidence even in this crisis and set us up to win with our money. Man, if you've had money uh, issues ever. If you've always, if you've, if you've ever been in a situation where you wish you earned more, spent less, then this talk is for you. But how much more coming through 2020 with a crisis and and industries shutting down and threats on our income and uh, uncertainty about the economy, etc., etc. Man, if you and I can win with this, man, we'll do so well. We'll feel secure and 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 uh, uh, able to look into the future. I do want to say, often we look to the government. When the economy of South Africa is strong, then we somehow feel more confident. But you know what the best way to weather the ups and the downs of our economy is to make sure that my life is in order. You know, when, when we worry about crime in South Africa, do the individual family, do they go out and try and fix all the crime in the whole of South Africa? No. They make sure their fences are high, their walls are strong, their electric fence is working, the armed responses. You see, as long as you look after your house, you can be safe. You don't have to worry about the whole country. So let the government do what the government does. Let the rand and the dollar do what they do. If you and I have got these things in place, we will win with money despite what happens out there. And so the biggest study of American millionaires was done just a couple of years ago, and it produced some very surprising trends. Contrary to popular belief, the 10,000 people that they studied were just ordinary people who built their, their wealth slowly through savings, pensions, and investments. They weren't... Uh, uh, born with a silver spoon in their mouth. They weren't uh, trust fund children. They were just normal people like you and me. In fact, the, the study found that 97% of these people didn't inherit their millions, but they got there by discipline, patience, and investment over the long term. The third most common profession among these millionaires was teacher. I don't know how many people would think a teacher could be a millionaire, but if you live well... 
third most common profession of these millennials was teacher. They said that the av- they all had average incomes. They lived in medium-sized homes. The one clue is that they paid their mortgages, their home loans off early, on average, in under 11 years. On average, their homes were only 260 square meters, and they'd lived in the same home for 17 years. Most of them graduated from public schools, and most of them had a B average or less. In fact, 9% of them didn't even graduate from college. Interestingly, that most of them exercise three times a week, and most of them give to church or to charity on a monthly basis. Now, that might sound surprising. We don't expect that kind of people to be doing so well, to be millionaires. But it sounds to me like these 10,000 millionaires were people who had learned to lead themselves well. They'd written notes to themselves and said, I will lead myself and win with my money. So let's ask this morning, what does the Bible say about winning with money? So let's have a look at some of these scriptures. Proverbs chapter 21 verse 20 says that in the house of the wise are stores of choice food and olive oil, but fools gulp theirs down. You may remember last week we looked at uh, Corinthians. It says that God gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. And we must make sure that the seed we sow and the bread we eat and not confuse the two. If we eat our seed, we've got nothing to sow. We won't harvest anything next season. But Proverbs 21 tells us that in the house of the wise, the wise person stores up. Today it's called savings, isn't it? But the fool consumes everything he has. He gulps it down. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 7 says, The rich rule over the poor... And the borrower is slave to the lender. It's so easy for us to bemoan our lot in life and say, I'm poor, you're rich, you're a terrible person. But the challenge is wherever we are in an income scale, when we give in to uh, uh, financial strategies that are not supported by the Bible, we become a slave. The Bible says that the borrower is a slave to the lender, not inferior, a slave to the lender. I think today, man, we have a history of slavery, right? We want to be free. Surely I can live my life in a way that I'm free with my money. Romans chapter 13 verse 8 tells us, Owe no man anything but the gift of love to one another. The Bible's idea around debt is only one debt is permissible, and that's to love each other so much that it feels like there's an outstanding amount still left to pay. Proverbs 21 verse 5 tells us, The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. So tempting to try and jump on the get-rich-quick bandwagon. Oh, just buy this investment or or take this course and, and spend this and earn that and jump in quick while you can. My goodness, often when it seems to be good, too good to be true, it is. The Bible puts great stock on diligence, consistency, Taking our time to build well, surely as haste leads to poverty. Finally, Proverbs chapter 6 from verse 1 says, My son, if you have put up security for your neighbor, we can say the same for yourself. If you have shaken hands in a pledge, then you have been trapped by what you said, ensnared by the words of your mouth. So do this, my son. Free yourself. 
since you have fallen into your neighbor's hands. Go, go to the point of exhaustion and give your neighbor no rest. Allow no sleep to your eyes, no slumber to your eyelids. Free yourself like the gazelle from the hand of the hunter, like the bird from the snare of the fowler. I don't know if you've seen those those uh, National Geographic films. Maybe you've been lucky enough to go to the park and actually see it in action. But you know when the cheetah runs after the springbuck. You know, the cheetah being the fastest land animal, but the springbuck's pretty fast as well. But there's a difference in intention, isn't it? You see, if the spring, if the cheetah misses the springbuck, all the cheetah's done is lost his lunch. But if the springbuck gets caught by the cheetah. The springbok has lost his life. And so this passion says, if you have found yourself either signing surety, becoming responsible for someone else's debt, or in debt yourself, it says, don't rest. Treat yourself like a springbok running from a cheetah, running for your life, so that you can get free from the danger of the thing that could take your life. And so the Bible says, man, free yourself. Work hard until you can get free. So we see that the Bible says we can win with money. We just need to put some practical things in place. The second thing that I want to say this morning is that debt stops us winning with money. <laughs> you see, debt is like, you see, playing with debt is like playing with snakes. You can have a pet snake. And that's all fine and well until you wake up one morning and the snake tank is empty. Then you start looking for every wrinkle in the carpet, don't you? <laughs> you see, playing with debt is like playing with stakes. Now, I realize, just by saying this, I might have lost you. I realize. And I'm hoping you'll stick around, even if it's just to argue with me after the, after the fact. You see, because for some, you might be thinking, but debt is a necessary tool. It's an unavoidable financial product. Well, I want to ask the questions. I just want you to ask us, ask yourself and myself, is that really the case? Hear me out. You see, debt has become so ingrained in our culture that most of us can't even think or envision a car without a payment, a home without a home loan, a student without student debt, a shopping trip without a credit card. The last two generations, it's only this recent in, in human history, the last two generations have been so sold the idea of debt with such repetition and fervor that most of us can't conceive what life would be like to have zero payments. Ask yourself if you become used to that's the way life works. If you travel to the Netherlands, the average Dutchman would be horrified to think of going into debt to buy a car. It's culturally not the norm. In South Africa, we are amazed when someone drives a car that they own freehold. Difference in our culture. We've been sold a way of living. They tell me that the average salary in South Africa is around 40,000 rand. The median, in other words, the middle salary is around 20,000 rand a month. But of that, we have 16 million people employed, but we have 23 million active credit users. Now, I love that word, credit. Credit sounds like, oh, it's to your credit. No, these people are in debt. And you might be one, I might be one. Credit sounds so much better than to say, you're a debtor. <laughs> the average credit user in South Africa owes 70,000 rand of debt. 
half of the credit users in South Africa are not up to date with their payments. In fact, in 2019, the average debt to income ratio was 73%. 2020, the wheels have fallen off. It's gone up to 85%. Can you understand that actually South Africa, we have a problem with debt. It's holding us back. TransUnion, the, the credit company, the, 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 uh, the, the watchdog, gives us context on how much South Africans owe on outstanding loan. The average South African owes about 20,000 Rand on their credit cards and about 40,000 Rand on personal loans. They said this, to accommodate consumer affordability challenges, lenders have recently introduced repayment terms of up to 96 months, which is eight years, for goodness sakes. So in the olden days, you could get a car loan for five years. Now they said, you know, we've noticed people are struggling to make those payments, so let's make it longer for them to pay back. Sounds so noble, doesn't it? But they also say they've, they've noticed that the rate of delinquency has also increased. Funny that. We offer more debt and we find more people are struggling with debt. You know that if you, if you buy a car of 100,000 Rand over five years at the current interest rate, you'll, it'll cost you about 125,000 Rand, 25 grand on interest. If it, you take it over eight years, you'll pay 140,000 Rand. So it might be more affordable monthly, but they're robbing you of 40,000 Rand over the lifetime of that vehicle. Someone said, do you like buying cars for the bank? What, what? That doesn't make sense. But every time you go through a higher purchase agreement with a bank, a third of the value of that car goes to the bank. In other words, three cars later, you've bought the bank their own vehicle of their choice. Isn't that crazy? We take it normal. Do you ever wonder why you work so hard and you earn, but you have very little money to show for it? Per... 10,000 Rand income. If you're a Christian, if, you have, if you're earning 10,000 or 20,000 or 30,000, you do the math. But per 10,000 income, obviously the first thousand would go to tithes, right? We spoke about that last week. Then roughly 2,000 Rand would go to the tax man. And remember, as you increase in income, so your tax increases 25%, 30%, and so on. So now you've paid your tithe, you've paid your tax, you've only got 7,000 of the original 10,000 left. The banks will give you up to 20% of your income on your car loan, so that's another 2,000 Rand, you're now down to 5 grand left. The banks will give you 30% of your income towards your home loan, so if you have a car loan and a home loan, you are now stuck with just 2,000 Rand out of your original 10,000 to live on. You haven't bought groceries, you haven't paid lights and water, school fees, you haven't put petrol in the car. Do you understand how if we bind to this lifestyle, how quickly our money disappears? The third thing that I want to say is then, so how do I take control of our money? Because I want to give you practical helps how you can win with money this morning. Well, you've got to tame the storm. You've got to put your foot down and draw a line in the sand and say, I will lead myself firmly and it stops here. The first thing you've got to do is stop borrowing any more money you've got to decide with your family that we choose to go at the speed of cash go at the speed of cash it's so tempting to get a little bit of help but i will go at the speed of cash i'll save and then when i've saved i will spend the average person who goes through the financial peace university which we offer at grace cove we're hoping to do early next year again pays off all of their debt 
in 18 to 24 months. And a year later, in other words, by the time three years comes around, they have a three to six month emergency fund saved as well. So the first thing you do is you stop borrowing money. The second thing you do is you get on a written budget. Everydollar.com is the best uh, uh, budgeting app that we've come across. And you've got to stop the leaks. If your boat is going down, you've got to patch the leaks, right? When people get on a zero-based budget where you name every rand you own, all of a sudden you realize how wasteful you are. When you stop the waste, it's like you've got to raise without paying tax on that money. So you stop borrowing, you get on a written budget. The third thing is you learn the baby steps. I'll tell you about those now. And the fourth thing is that you focus on one goal at a time, one debt at a time, one dream at a time. How do I win with money? Well, I've got to take control of my money by taming the storm. So that brings us to how then do I win with money? I adopt the seven baby steps into my life. And we deal with this a lot more in depth with our Financial Peace University. So stick around, be a lookout, be on the lookout and join us in the new year for this. So the first step, there's seven steps to winning with money. The first step is uh, to save our starter emergency fund. Now, that's to save 10,000 Rand as fast as we can. The reason we do that is because it's easy to say, I'm going to be better with my money. But then the first debt that we come across, the first time the car needs new tires or the engine packs up or there's a hole in the roof or my dishwasher breaks, we go and swipe the credit card because we don't have any reserves. So the first thing in step one that we do is we work hard to save up 10,000 Rand as a starter emergency fund. It's a buffer between us and things that go wrong. Now, man, do that as fast as you can. Get radical. Cut back on stuff. Switch DSTV off if you have to. Uh, sell some stuff. Say no to extra expenses. Don't go out to eat for a few months. Cancel the luxuries. Get radical and build up that 10 grand set it aside so that nothing will stop you on this new way of living leading ourselves to win with our money so first of all baby step one is the starter emergency fund 10,000 rand saved as quick as you can the second step baby step two is what we call the debt snowball we pay off all of our debt except our house loan our, our mortgage our, our home loan now debt's only good for one thing, and that's for holding you back. So you've got your 10 grand saved. So you're okay if the small things go wrong. So then we start paying off our debts, uh, snowball, debt snowball way. So what you do is you list all of your debts, smallest to largest amounts, smallest to largest payments. You pay the minimum on, of all of them. Then you work your budget so that you can get just a few rand, just a little bit of extra, and you apply it to the first one. And then you accelerate the payment of the smallest payment uh, debt. When that one's settled, you take all of that money and you apply it to the next one and to the next one. And you see, as the snowball goes, it grows and you get some victories. And very soon you'll be surprised how the end looks good and you can get out of debt surprisingly fast. Number one, 10,000 Rand, starter emergency fund. Number two, pay, uh, settle your debt with a debt snowball. Number three, and this is the challenge, the people that go through Financial Peace University normally takes 18 to 24 months to get to this stage. But could you imagine by Christmas or by June holidays in two years' time, you could be debt-free? Could you imagine? It works for over 5 million people. The third step 
is to save up three to six months worth of expenses in a fully funded emergency fund. Now, this is a daunting task. With the average person, there's 15, 5 million people that have been through Financial Peace University. They do that in just one extra year. Because now, remember, you're not making any more payments. You don't have any bills to pay, so you can take that money and put it into savings. So you work out what's the minimum my family can live on every month, and then you decide to, depending on how unstable your job is, to either get three or towards six months. Put that money aside where you don't spend it. A new car is not an emergency. Keep it safe. Should you lose your job, you're not under pressure. You're not under stress. You've got money to keep you going. Imagine if you had three to six months emergency fund going into COVID crisis. So these are the three three big ones because they change the way we do our life. Our starter emergency fund, pay off our debt, and then we get our fully funded emergency fund of three to six months expenses. From there we move on. We start being aggressive. We start being proactive. So the first three are like our defensive game. Now we start to attack the game. The first is in step four, we invest 15% of our, of our income into retirement investment. Just 15% for now because we want to balance it with other things. We don't want to leave our children having to look after ourselves. So we invest now to look after ourselves later. Step five is to start saving towards our kids' tertiary education if you've got enough time. If you don't have time, then we need to start making plans. How will we cash flow? Because we don't want to leave our children with a degree and as well as student loan debt. We want to set them free to start their working career with no debt. Baby step six is now that we've got any extra money that we have, we start putting it into the bond if you own a house so that you can pay your bond off early. You know, currently at the prime rate of 7%, if you borrow a million rand for a house, which is the average price of houses bought today, it costs you an extra million on interest. Twice the price, a whole extra half goes on interest. So you buy for a million, you pay the bank another million. Do you know if you pay that house off just over 15 years instead of 20, you save yourself over 350,000 and five years. Imagine what, how good life will be if you li- in 15 years' time you didn't have to pay your bond anymore. And then finally, step six looks like this, where we build wealth and we give. The idea is here at this stage of life, we have all of our debts paid off. We have money in the bank if, there should, if something should go wrong. We've been investing for retirement. Our children are set up for their future. They start ahead of us. Not only that, but our house is paid for. We live in a paid-for house then think about how you can invest the, the money you're not making payments to and think about how generous we would be able to be. So let me end with this. Financial peace in this climate seems like such a foreign concept, doesn't it? Especially in this year of COVID. But picture this for a moment. Just do some sums in your head. Ask yourself, how much do I earn in a month? Then ask yourself, how much of that goes to paying of debts, various accounts that have to be paid. Then ask yourself, how much debt do I have? What's the mountain that I'm trying to climb? Then could you imagine if all of those payments were finished and all of that money you had to do with what you chose, not already given away? In 2020, South Africans, up to 85% of our money is given to paying off debt. 
You know, if you're not paying, making payments anymore, it's like you've got a raise and it's tax free. So we've said in every area of leading ourselves, if you and I are just willing to get off the couch, not just complain, but actually lead ourselves into new behaviors, then we'll live different lives. And financial peace and outrageous generosity is very easily achievable. Last week we said many of us are hindered to respond to God because we have painted ourselves into a corner financially. But I want to say to you this morning, I challenge you and myself, if we will lead our budgets well, we'll have peace right now, a plan for the future, and we'll be free to follow Jesus as he leads us day to day. Friends, we come to the end of our leading of ourselves, and really money is, is a good one to evaluate because it's so quantifiable. My prayer for you is that you will take the challenge to win with money. Align yourself with what the scriptures say in terms of our money and plot a course that you can with confidence say, if I keep on this course, I will be winning with my money. I won't have other things determining the way I live. I will be able to choose how I follow God in this area of my life. I'm trusting that this series has been good for you and I'm looking forward to see us thrive as we lead ourselves well. God bless you.